Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, yes. either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Roy Osing, entrepreneur, former president, and author of the seven book series, Be Different or Be Dead. Welcome to the show, Roy. Thank you, AJ. I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. You are welcome, Roy. We are welcome and straightway to the question, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about how to be audaciously different. You focus quite a lot on being different, Roy, and you go on to say, and you have the seven book series, Be Different or Be Dead. What is it that, that you want to focus on by saying be different? What does it mean? What should people understand? Yeah, so my observation over like literally four decades of of business um, and related activities, uh, my conclusion is that the one thing that is really not done very well is called differentiation. Um, organizations and individuals, for that matter, have a difficult time defining specifically what makes them special relative to their competition. Uh, like there's so many words that are used that, that don't mean anything, AJ, like better and best and number one and market leader that may make sense to the organization involved. But unfortunately for a customer, they, they it doesn't answer their question. Why should I do business with you as opposed to anybody else? And to me, that's the essence of the differentiation issue. And so my quest, my journey is around how to beat that how to provide alternative ways of declaring your uniqueness um, in a way that's meaningful for the cu uh, customer group and the people that you care about. And so be different or be dead has that life. Now, the interesting thing here is uh, the world has never been more competitive and customers have never been more fickle. Technology has never been changing any quicker than it, it does now. And you would think that in playing into that space, organizations would get it, would do a better job of separating themselves from the competition. But I got to tell you, AJ, they haven't. They haven't learned. They continue to follow what I would call textbook claptrap, which is around marketing one-on-one differentiation that is not meaningful. And it makes it really difficult for customers to make informed decisions. And so what I'm trying to do is change the conversation from being better and best to being the only one that, that does what you do. And I've had to create my own solution to that kind of like conundrum that we we're in right now in terms of differentiation. Right, right. Is it now, if we look at 2023 and so many changes are happening by themselves, either in product service and even from the employee point of view, the great resignation and from the leadership point of view, where people are wanting leaders to be more humane, more enlightened. In this sort of a situation, when things are already uh, being different uh, by themselves, how can one be different or how should or why should one especially uh, focus on being different than what is at the moment? So how should people calibrate these things together? One is the different times and at the same time differentiating yourself with you know with vis-a-vis -vis your competitors 
vis-a-vis -vis what other service offerings are, product offerings are, and carving a niche out of yourself in these present times? Yeah, so it's a very good question. Um, being different, the way I think about it, isn't basically uh, the way you're born, isn't what you look like, isn't, isn't sort of what your belief system is. It's what you choose to do. And I'm going to use that word very strongly. It's a choice. What you choose to do in a very unique way that satisfies what other people care about. Right. So it's not this narcissistic thing about, hey, I'm going to be different. I'm going to have yellow hair. I'm going to do all this stuff. You can do that. That's fine. OK, but that's not, not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ways that people and organizations can choose a different route, can choose to step out of the crowd, can choose to step away from the herd. OK, in order to perform something unique that people care about. And, and I've created this little tool, which I call the only statement, um, AJ. It's, it's, it's really simple, but it plays into this problem that we have about, about the sort of cloud of claptrap going on out there. And it's really simple. It says, we are the only ones who dot, dot, dot. Okay, so the challenge is to figure out what you are truly unique at in the context and framed by what I call the only statement. It's exceedingly powerful. It doesn't talk about better and best. It talks about only. And so people, and this is what I encourage my clients when we do workshops on this and, and set strategy sessions, is we seek to define their uniqueness within the only statement in a very, very granular way so that when they speak to, to a client, when they speak to a customer, when they speak to a colleague, when they speak to a potential boss, okay, about why they should get hired, for example, they speak in very, very clear, distinctive terms. The only statement can be measured. It's binary. It either exists or it doesn't, right? It's not clouded in the mystique and the aspirational notion of we want to save the planet. Okay, that's a laudable goal. But in terms of competitive differentiation, as you know, it, it really serves very little to answer the question. And so the journey, okay, is to first of all, put aside in a way all the stuff that we've learned about differentiation, because what I'm talking about has no classic textbook foundation. The only foundation it has is four decades of experience from a guy who took a startup to a billion in sales. And so I can say to you and your audience, right, if you were to try this stuff, and I'm here to help for heaven's sakes, if you try this, I guarantee it will work. How can I say that? It worked for me because I drove up an organization to a billion by using this principle. So that's kind of a snapshot right, right. of the route that I would go. <clears throat> right, right. Now talking about billion in sales, uh, Roy, is that how do you again calibrate it with being different? Because if you try to be different, then it will take a lot of time to build something. Uh, not every different thing has a market in itself. So, and, and when we talk about, you know, new products or different products or in, in terms of startups, then everybody tries to say that, okay, we are bringing the solution that everybody was looking for. So, and a lot of people may not be convinced with, with just being different in that manner. They want to be different in the way you created billions, billion in sales. How do you do yep. that? How do you start with an idea and then know 
that it will serve both the purposes sales as well as you know being different you feel somewhere satisfied about what you are doing well the first thing i ask uh, startup ceos is how is your idea different from everything else out there because most of them aren't okay and that's why the mortality rate on new businesses is so dreadful like literally 50% of them are done in 36 months. Well, one of the basic reasons for that, AJ, is that they are not different. Okay, they're technology-based. They're product-pushed in terms of mentality. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is figuring out a way, okay, to bring some value to the market, okay, that actually resonates in a compelling way with the target market you're looking at and do it in a different way. Okay, it's not about products and services either, is the point here, right? I mean, you asked what the, the kind of things that, that I did. Um, this startup was not a traditional startup. It was a data and internet company. It already had some momentum, but it was still in the very early stages of when the internet was starting to, <clears throat> to really take hold. And, and so it was an organization. It wasn't one or two people and literally, my focus was not on products and services. It was on how do I mobilize these people around a set of values that customers uh, crave, not need. That's another key strategic be different notion here is figure out what people crave, right? Because everybody's playing into the need space. And so if you can figure out what they crave, what they lust for, what they covet, and you be the one to satisfy that, you have got such a leg up because A, there's no competition and B, you can premium price it because people will pay money for that. So I spent time creating a strategy approach around how can I mobilize the organization around products and services to delight customers in the way that they've never been delighted before. And it led me to some pretty interesting approaches which we can discuss if you'd like, but there that's the basis of my audacious unheard of ways is stuff that I decide to break away from tradition and actually try it to do with obviously some success. Right. Right. I want people to get to that latest book of yours, audacious unheard of ways. So when you, you have mentioned it now that tell us what exactly this book is all about and where they can get the book. Well, the book you can get on my website or you can get it on Amazon or, or any of your favorite book sites. Uh, be different or be dead.com is my website. And so there's information there on the book. But it, it's literally a compendium of things that I successfully did as a business leader to actually move this startup to an amazing level of performance. And I got to tell you, I still get goosebumps. When I think about what we as a team were able to achieve in moving that business to a billion in sales, because we had no idea what the upside was going to be until we look back on it. And so the book talks about the things that that I credit that level of performance to. And it starts out with I completely revolutionized the way we looked at strategic planning. Strategic planning today is pretty pedantic, right? I mean, it's way too expensive. It takes way too long. I mean, it's and it's it's it it seeks perfection in a world that is not perfect. And so I created a really simple process that allowed us to create directionally a plan that that we could execute. The principle is execute first, plan second. Okay. In fact, I've written an ebook on that. 
So the whole premise is spend 20% of your time planning and 80% of your time figuring out how you're going to execute this. So I created this process and it goes like this, really simple. You can create your strategic game plan by asking three questions. The first question is, how big do you want to be? That's a statement of top line revenue in 24 months, not five years. Where do you want to be? Okay. In 24 months. The second question is, um, who, who do you choose to serve? Where are you going to get the money? So that's all about choosing customer groups that have the latent potential to provide you the how big. And the third is how are you going to compete and win? And that as that is the essence uh, of the question we've been discussing so far around differentiation. How are you going to be the only one that does what you do? And we spent a lot of time creating what, what that only statement has to look like. So when you put the answers to those three questions together, you have your strategy and you can start executing on that. And that's what we did. We got it notionally right. Like I'm a believer in heading west or east or north is a valid strategy because you don't know where you're going to end up, right? If you knew, then you would have this divine wisdom to be able to predict the future, which of course, most of us mere mortals don't. So I would head west <laughs> and we would execute our way into figuring out whether that was going to be Vancouver, whether that was going to be San Francisco, right? But but to actually set around a plan that has that level of precision at the beginning is nonsensical. It doesn't work. So that was one example. Another quick example for you is what I call cleanse the inside. Like I'm a believer in execution. That's that's what drives me, right? If you can't execute it, I don't even want to talk about it because it, well, it's not going to drive performance. So I came up with this notion called cleanse the inside. Now, cleanse the inside is a way of, of, of sort of cleansing the inside of the organization to allow people to do their jobs easier that would eliminate bureaucracy, eliminate rules that didn't make any sense so that execution and greater levels of performance would occur. So I came up with this one notion called kill dumb rules. Now, every organization has a dumb rule. A dumb rule is a rule that makes absolutely no sense to a customer. They don't want to do business with you because of it. They don't want to engage with you because of the rule system that you have. And so I created this, this crazy little program called Killing Dumb Rules. And I would show up in the workplace with a great big white long sleeve T-shirt with dumb rules on the front with a big X through it. And on the back, this is the president of the company, by the way. And people loved it. We had contests for, you know, which work group could identify and help us eliminate the dumbest, stupidest rule that we had. And that was just one little thing. What it did and which is the essence of my leadership belief, is it lit fires in people, AJ. It lit fires in them. They were excited about it because guess what? Somebody was listening to them, right? They know what to do. Frontline people know what to do. For everybody watching this video, go talk to your frontline. Don't read a textbook. If you want to learn how to improve your performance, go talk to the people dealing with customers. Okay, put aside the marketing 101 book. Put aside the strategic planning book. You know enough now. Now it's time to learn other things that on the edge will make you successful. And one great source of that is the front line. I love the front line people. Right, right. So what happened to that, uh, that sort of leadership which can, you know, lit people's faces? What, why is it? It, it? You did it long back. It was an internet company. Now it's, it's the world of AI. People talk about the future now, future is now. What about leadership? 
what's what's happened to that sort of a leadership? I think we should have developed beyond that. Yeah, I mean, it's a big disappointment to me, quite frankly, because that kind of leadership was what I call leadership by serving around. Uh, it it was a leadership style that I that I did naturally, that basically was was premised on the question, how can I help? Okay, it wasn't the provision of solutions, right? It wasn't the driving of technology into a business. It wasn't trying to come up with a, the sexiest technology roadmap. It was a matter of finding out, okay, what was preventing people from doing their jobs better? And if it happened to be a technology glitch, fine. I would be led there. But it started out by saying, Roy, what's going on with your job? What, what can I do to help? So it was a personal request. I call it leadership by serving around. It's all about serving, not promulgating solutions, okay, that leaders think that they have. Um, I'm sad to say that it's been overtaken by a lot of, a lot of things that, that I don't believe in, okay? Uh, like there are merits to a lot of what, go, what go, goes on, particularly from a technology point of view. But what I find missing, AJ, is, is the context, like AI is an example. It's a great technology, but in many ways, it's a tactic driven by productivity looking for a holistic solution to solve. Some people will advocate that it is the, the solution to providing better customer service, and it's not. I mean, the reason I end up on a chat bot isn't because I can be formularized. It's because I have a special need that I need somebody to, that needs to be paid attention to. You right. can't chat botize that. You can't formularize that. Right. And so so the application of those new concepts are great. OK, but you need context. And what I'm saying to you is leadership has lost the context. OK, for what they're trying to achieve by mobilizing the hearts and souls of people. We've lost that. And, and hopefully through conversations like this, we can get people kind of re-energized to go back and, and kind of look at the crazy human-based stuff that, that I did and others did. I mean, if you look at, just read a little bit of Jobs, he talks, here's to the crazy ones. He doesn't talk about the technology, right? He used technology, right? That was employed by crazy ones with crazy ideas to, to do something great in the world. And that's how he, he, he succeeded. And we need to take a step back and get some of those values back. Um, if, if, in my humble opinion, if we're to make some significant progress and get performance back in organizations to where it needs to go, because it's struggling. Right, right, right. Then what does it all take in today's time uh, to be an audacious leader, to be a different leader? Somebody who, with a heart, somebody who can light up people's faces. Well, to me, the, the, the key notion behind Audacious is to have this whole be different ethic running through your blood, uh, your, your veins, okay? So that you look at the world and ask the question whenever you're given a challenge, how can I do this differently? How can I do this in a way that will surprise people? How can I do this in a way that nobody else has thought of? I mean, one of the things you have to do is you got to put away copying, you can't keep Googling people to find out what other people are doing and copying them under the, under the guise of innovation. And so much of that is going on right now. When we're asked to do something, we run to our computers, we Google it, we find out what others are doing, and we copy it. To be different, you need to put the copying mechanism in your back pocket, my friend, and never bring it out again. 
because copying isn't innovation. Creating is. And so the whole notion of be different is, is, yeah, find a problem. Okay, but don't claim that your solution, okay, is the only solution until you're convinced that no one else actually has thought about the brilliance that you bring to the table. And so getting emotionally involved, I know this sounds weird, but getting emotionally involved with be different journey is the prerequisite because to, to, to simply intellectualize it is not going to work. You have to really believe that it's a source of innovation, creativity, personal reward and success. If you're not prepared to do that, keep copying, keep benchmarking and be part of the herd. And that's okay if you want to be part of the herd. If you don't want to be part of the herd, come join me. Come join you. And you you mentor a lot of young professionals, uh, Roy. Uh, for a young professional, who is the, seeing this sort of leadership all around, which is not bringing in uh, much more, much of optimism, what should one, a young guy who wants to be a leader or who is a leader by his, the way he or she is, how should, what should they uh, say, take from this sort of environment? What is it that they keep intact? How should they move forward with, with which can bring hope to, to the world of our future? How, what would you like to tell them? How should they tread this path towards a better well, tomorrow? Perfect question. The first thing I would say is put your textbook aside. Okay, it was important to get you to where you are now. Okay, but what you need to do to be successful in a rapidly changing, unpredictable, chaotic world is not in the textbook. Okay, it exists in the practical notion that we've been discussing. Okay, finding ways to be on the edge, finding ways to be contrarian, finding ways to not comply, okay, with with what you've been told, but rather seek uniqueness around the edges in a way that delights and mesmerizes people. That notion is something that I, I talk about people and they say, well, how do I do that? And I said, well, okay, tomorrow decide that you're going to do something outrageous in a way that, that people care about. I'm not talking about stuff that, that is, that breaks the rules for the sake of breaking the rules. That is not be different. According to Roy, it's being different and break the rules in a way that stands out and satisfies someone else. And so what I would say to people, tomorrow decide to do something different. One thing, okay? Just when, when you're given a challenge and you're asked to do something or you see something that needs to be attended to in a, in a caring way, ask yourself the question, how can I do this differently? How can I do this in a way that will surprise people? How can I do this in a way that nobody else has thought about it? Spend some time on that, not on the computer Googling how other people would do it. Right, right, right. And for those people who would want to be different in a nice manner, for those leaders who would want to learn something from you uh, and, and put something different in today's time in their organizations, how do they connect with you? How do they engage with you? Well, I have a website, be different or be dead.com. So uh, I would be absolutely delighted if you would come and visit me. Uh, there's a couple of resources on the website. One is, um, is, a, is a book page. So you, if you want to go see what, what each of the seven books are, including my latest, Audacious Ways, you can do it there. I, I blog on a very regular basis. I blog weekly 
about my content, be different or be dead. And I've been doing it since 2009, AJ. 2009, man, this stuff is still fresh. It's more relevant today than it ever was. So, so to get more kind of like feel for what the content is, you can do it through the blog. But thirdly, I got an email and it's roy.osing at gmail.com. And I'd be happy. I'd be delighted to be able to, to connect with each and every one of you out there to talk about this stuff, to help you. I mean, I have people emailing me on a fairly regular basis around only statements that they've created. Say, Roy, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and so it's giving me a chance to, to connect, to engage, to impart some knowledge in, that I've learned and in a way, give it back. And so I'd be really happy to do that as well. Right, right, right. My last question to you, Roy, is that in a world which has become so different than we would have perhaps wanted it to be, uh, how do you look at things, uh, how differently you lived? And secondly, you are still going so strong. You are doing a lot of work that any young person will also find it difficult to match up to. Where is it that you want to go after living such a great life till now? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, I've got a great deal of, of energy, as you probably could guess, and passion around this whole subject. And I guess uh, I'm driven by trying to make uh, some change and, and impart knowledge and give tools and resources back that worked for me to people in, in the hopes that they will help. Um, I'm really happy to continue to do the sort of things that you and I are doing, because I think it's the only way that we can get uh, awareness out there and, and get get change. It's not a simple process. I don't believe in um, in silver bullets. This stuff does not happen overnight. I appreciate it. It's, it's almost like a cultural change of a different level that I'm talking about here. Look, at, we can't change the world and its dynamics. Okay, we can't. We can't change the rate of pace. We can't change the, the rate of technology development. We can try and influence it and be a part of it. But to, to actually think you're going to be able to change all of that unpredictability, all that chaos is crazy. So I'm driven by trying to help find a way to maneuver through it in a very successful way. Be different or be dead is all about that. It's saying when you go into the vortex, right, of the storm, what are the tools that are available that can help you be successful? What I've discovered is that being different is the key thing. And it's a big void. Nobody. I'm the only one, AJ, the only one that's talking about it this way, which is a shame. I'm trying to change that. I don't want to die, right, with the legacy of being the only one that talks about be different or be dead. That wouldn't be success to me. What would be successful is to see a movement created, okay? So you look out there in the world today and look at all of the narratives going on out there. Some are interesting, some are not so much interesting, right? But there's splinter groups forming themselves around ideals all over the world. I would love to see one of those splinter groups start around be different or be dead. And let's take this thing, okay, and make it matter and make the changes in a chaotic world that we're able to make. Otherwise, I'm fearful. Quite frankly, I'm fearful. Right, right. However fearful you may sound at this moment, uh, Roy, I can certainly tell you your work is full of optimism. The way you are, uh, you know, mentoring young professionals, I'm sure 
that different is not very far away because that's the only way we can go forward. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you.